episode 179 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, live on Clubhouse. And I'm joined today, well actually, I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey everybody, in iTunes, Google, Clubhouse World, wherever you might be listening to us. Also joining us today is Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And finally, rounding out the fueling crew is Phil Fariska. Welcome back, all you honorary fueligans. So, so Phil, are you nervous about this episode? Because this is the one you probably least prepared for out of all of us. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. No, I'm not nervous. Never nervous. You wouldn't show it even if you were, right? That's the sign of a true marketer. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> All right. So for those of you listening on Clubhouse Live right now, this is the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. We are a sort of weekly episode, uh, publication where we talk about tactical things for the hotel industry. But today we're streaming live on Clubhouse because this is really meta, guys. It's going to get in your, in your noggin a little bit. We're actually talking about Clubhouse on Clubhouse. So whether you're following along on Clubhouse Live or if you're listening to this published on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, you are going to learn a thing or two about Clubhouse today and a little bit about hotel marketing along the way. And, uh, yeah, so that's the subject. But before we get into that, do we, we have some housekeeping, Pete. Is that right? We have a review. Is this an international review? Because I think we agreed that we were going to have a new jingle for that if it's an international review. I'm not aware of that at all. Okay. Well, the rest of us <laughs> got together behind your back. And, uh, and, and sang it? And it? I tell you what, if you have something in the notes, I would sing it, but I don't see anything in here. Okay. Would you just and want to read the review instead? <clears throat> yeah, I'm a stickler for the rules. <laughs> so anyway, this one comes to us from Firefant, and it says, So helpful. Even though I'm not a hotel marketer, I do work in the field. I'm a hotel photographer, and the tips and insights I'm learning from this podcast is really helping me Help, help me help my clients. It's so handy being able to chat to hoteliers and speak their language and give them tips and tricks I've learned from the podcast. I highly recommend every, uh, to everyone I talk to. Like I said, highly recommend. Nice. So thank you very much for that. It didn't include the country from where that review came from, but wherever you are, Firefant, thank you very much. And, and that was a five out of five stars, huh? That was. I love it. And I can tell you that it is not from the United States because the date is all wrong and, and that upsets me. There's not 25 months in a year? There aren't 25 oh, okay. months in a year. Okay. All right. Are we really going to have this fight live on Clubhouse? <laughs> okay. You understand that there's a hierarchy to dates, right? Like it goes in magnitude order I, everywhere else. I agree else. with Stuart. I agree with Stuart completely on this. It is the proper format for a date. Yeah. But America. <laughs> you have to be different in America, <laughs> don't you? We will not use the metric system nor use the calendar dates that everyone else yeah. in the world does. Uh, yeah, I'll you won't put things for... in sequential order because no. it's bonkers. Yeah. Our, our, our file naming conventions for all of our files are in the correct order, aren't they, Stuart? They are, yeah, exactly, order of magnitude. Because if but you we do it that Z. way, they're going to sort properly, and that's the, the right way to do it. But Americans do... Do you say the letter Z properly um, versus Z? I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I think, it, I think it's definitely a Z, not a Z. Although your, your nice little song doesn't work if you say Z at the end. 
That's true. <laughs> now I know my A, B, C's next time. Won't you sing with me? Isn't it? Because it's yeah. Z. Yeah. All right. Well, do you think people t tuned in to hear this this raging battle between Z and Z and I hope date so. formats? <laughs> no, I, th I think they turned tuned in for for a little jingle about hotel marketing news, and then us just jumping right into the meat of what Clubhouse is all about. Yeah, so I, I think that's a good idea. This is this is the second time you've sang this live to an audience, Pete. The first time being it is. in a restaurant. Yeah, this, this one's going to be a little bit more formal than being in the public. I was before. Okay, we'll kick but it off. Here we go. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for your news a ruse, Zed. <laughs> <laughs> All nice. right. Do we have a news a today? We do. So today's news a is I'm either stealing Phil or Melissa's spotlight, but it comes to us from The Verge, and the headline is Google promises it won't just keep tracking you after replacing cookies. Uh, so, whomever shared this article out. Do you want to go with a little bit of a insight on what it is? I'll go for it, although you could find this article probably in about a thousand different places because I see another one of these every single day. But um, in case people aren't aware, Google is slowly, quote-unquote, phasing out third-party cookies. Uh, it will be gone from Chrome in 2022, which presents, you know, all the issues for advertisers that use third-party cookies. And this article is talking about, once again, its privacy sandbox, which instead of Google tracking you by your personally identifiable information, it's basically putting you in an audience, like as if you were at a concert, and now it knows what type of music you are interested in. And now you're part of a crowd instead of just you yourself in an audience of one. Oh, Wait how for nice it. of you, Google. <laughs> I trust you completely. I'm and sure that's where they will Google do what they say. Yeah, that's for Google advertisers. From Google's perspective, you're an audience of one named Melissa, or Pete in my case. And don't forget, they still keep their own first-party data. So if you are logged into using any of Google's products, they still have all of that information as you yourself. Yeah, it, this is the, the thing, right? They're, they're doing the smart thing from their perspective. They're, they're on this soapbox of pri data privacy and, oh, you shouldn't be tracked and it should only be first-party data. And, you know, oh, by the way, we're probably the strongest business in the world when it comes to having first-party data. Facebook's probably a close second. And guess who's also on this bandwagon of privacy? Oh, wait, it's Facebook. And guess who's third? Hmm, someone who has also a lot of first-party data, Apple. So basically what they're doing is squeezing out everyone else, eliminating the competition by saying, hey, first-party data is, is basically the arms race right now, and we are winning it by a mile, and no one else can get in if we shut them down now. So this, this whole death of third-party cookies is basically going to do nothing really for your privacy, but it's going to strengthen the position of these guys that are already way too powerful. And yep. it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially in Europe, where we know they go after, um, you know, antitrust law um, violations a lot more aggressively than America. It's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out in the European Union. We shall see. And if you want to learn how to prepare for a cookie-less world, you can go listen to our podcast episode number 165. Shameless plug, number one of the episode. I appreciate it, <laughs> Phil. 
Hey, buddy, you you're, you're a little bit on the quiet side, so if you don't mind getting a little closer to your phone, that would it's be It's attached something. to my face. Oh, there you go. You did something. Um, uh, or speak with more, um, you know, more outward breathing as you speak. That would be great. Enthusiasm. Yeah, project from the back of the room, please, Philip. That would be much appreciated. Yeah. All right. So we ready to talk about Clubhouse on Clubhouse? Let's do it. Wow. So, guys... And, and people listening on Clubhouse, you know this already, but the people listening to the podcast, they may not know this. What in the world is Clubhouse? So Clubhouse is an audio-only network where people can share information over really any, any topic they'd like whatsoever. There are groups and rooms for anything under the sun. We typically are using it from a, from a hotel marketing perspective to interact with hoteliers around the world. Uh, so anybody who's on Clubhouse, all they have to do is tune in and can immediately listen to any room that they want to go in, or they have the opportunity to just create their own conversation and let it go from there. The only drawback is it's currently invite only, and it's also only available on iOS devices. So you want to kind of keep that in mind, but I will say this, I'm sitting on a few invites myself, so if any of the listeners out there want to... Uh, bribe me with food or just a uh, request. I will invite somebody else. Yeah, so let's right, talk nice about the invite there. system a little bit. So so you have to be invited, and typically that's attached to your cell phone number. It, uh, the invite system's a little clunky right now in that if you fat finger type someone's phone number and get it wrong, there's no way to retract that invite, and you, you've lost it. So when you first sign up, you're going to get two invites for free. Use them wisely. But you will earn more invites as you progress, as you use the system, as you host more rooms, as you go up on stage. And we'll talk about what all that means in a minute. But the more you use the system, the more invites you get. I think I'm sit sitting on eight right now. So again, if you want one, just email us info at fueltravel.com. Uh, let us know who you are. And if you give us your um, cell phone number, it does have to be an Apple cell phone number. If you give us that, then we can shoot you an invite while supplies last, I guess. And I'll say one thing regarding just the invite system in Clubhouse in general. It is in its infancy, and we're going to talk a lot about like the little quirks and issues that we may have with it throughout the podcast. But understand that it is a very young platform, and just like everyone who is in Clubhouse is learning how to navigate the system, the development team with Clubhouse is also seeing how people are using it and seems like they're rolling out some, some improvements all the time. Yeah, and it's just a pretty small team. I heard it's like between five and eight developers total that are managing oh, wow. this whole, whole thing right now. I mean, this is something I don't think they anticipated it taking off the way it has. But let, let's dig into a little bit about the mechanics of Clubhouse, what makes it different, that, that kind of stuff. So first of all, when you first sign in, what it's going to do is it's going to ask you to, to set up your profile so you can, you can pull actually your, your photo and your description from uh, Twitter uh, and maybe maybe from Instagram as well, but you can connect your Instagram and Twitter accounts, and it can pull in the photo, or you can upload a new photo. But then it's going to ask you to um, tap on some interests, and there's a bunch of interests you can drill down into everything from you know religions to to hospitality to sci-fi movies, whatever. And you you can select a bunch of those, and this is going to help you start to curate the type of content you're exposed to and the the conversations you can join into. It's also going to uh, tap into your contacts on your phone 
and see if anyone in your contact list is already on Clubhouse because it's all driven by cell phone number. You can do that. So you give it permission and then you can go ahead and follow anyone that you know that's already on Clubhouse. And then you, beyond that, you can explore and follow other people, you know, maybe famous people you want to follow. Elon Musk is, is someone that made a lot of attention recently when he came on the Clubhouse. Um, and then beyond that, there's this umbrella um, categorization called clubs. And a club is, is essentially a subject. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple related to hospitality that I think we've all um, become members of. You have to apply for a club, uh, apply to be a member of a club, and then get accepted by the moderator of the club. You can also request to set up your own new clubs, but it sounds like there are so many people doing that right now that there's a massive backlog. I don't know anyone personally that has successfully had a club approved, but there, there's stuff out there on every subject you want, you know, whether that's hospitality, um, professionals, which is one we, we're all members of, or hospitality and more, which is another one we're members of. There's also, Melissa, you want to talk about your favorite named club? The inhospit what is it? Inhospitable hospitality or something? <laughs> Inhospitable hospitality. It's for people in hospitality that don't like people. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's right up your alley right there. Man. Like, oh. these people understand me. Okay. <laughs> found your people. That's I amazing. Found people. But, you know, it's not just business-related. There's clubs for, you know, there's the Star Wars Universe Club, for example, that, that I follow. There's comedy ones. There's music ones. There's, you know, just ideology ones. So you can really find the clubs you want. And, and from there, you can discover other people that follow those clubs and really drill down and start to connect with people that have similar, um, you know, interests. To yourself so then once you have the club umbrella underneath that you can either within or outside of a club you can create what's called a room a room is what we're in right now a room is essentially a place where people can meet and converse in and, and there's there's three levels of participants in a room there's the moderators so that's the folks that either created the room or have given permission to other people to moderate the room there are speakers, the people that are on stage within a room. These are the people that can contribute to the, the oral conversation, but um, they can't necessarily allow other people to come up on stage. And then there's the audience, and the audience are, are, are passive. They listen to the conversation, just like a few folks are listening to this conversation right now. And if they want to join in the conversation, they can raise their hand, or a moderator can invite them on stage. And then their microphone becomes active and they can participate in the conversation. So that's that's kind of the hierarchy of how it works. And, and also, I'd kind of, you'll hear the term reset a lot when you're in a room where people just kind of go over what we're doing here again. And to do that for our listeners, right now we are also recording our live, or recording the podcast for the Few Hotel Marketing Podcast live. So that's why you heard us going over what Clubhouse is. Obviously, if you were a Clubhouse listener right now, you know what it is because you're on here. But uh, in just a few minutes, we'll start talking about our observations and how it can be made to work for you as well. Sweet. Someone's just edited the, the notes. So I kind of lost a little bit of what we were going to talk about next, which was some of the differentiators. We've touched on a couple of these, right? So one, it's, it's audio only. And I want to drill down into that one in, in a second. Two, it's invite only. And then the third one is it's it's all real time. There's nothing's recorded. You you don't you can't go back and look at it later on. It all happens right then and right there. And these are some things that make this a very unique platform. So what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show, I think, is 
some of the observations. We've, we've all been playing around with Clubhouse for uh, a couple of weeks now. Um, we've, we've lost our little party hats, which is something that appears next to your profile avatar when you within the first week of joining the platform. So we're all experienced clubhouses at this point. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we've noticed about Clubhouse. And, and I'll kick this off with the first one, which is it, it is really, really diverse as a platform. And, and I mean that in every dimension of diversity. Uh, you know, most social platforms tend to homogenize towards um, your tribe of people. And what I've noticed with, with Clubhouse is that it hasn't created these little echo chambers yet. That there are people from across the world, every race, religion, ethnicity, are joining in in a conversation about a topic that they share an interest in. And for me, it's been great exposure to things that I, I hadn't been exposed to before. So I'm really, really enjoying getting to know people that are different than I am in, in learning from them and sharing with them my perspective as well. So have you guys noticed that as well? Absolutely. And I have also joined in on just some random rooms that I was just like, there are literally people from all over the world. And, and you know, I could be listening at nine o'clock at night and it's the next day for somebody else. And it's just, it's, it's pretty amazing to have that collective group of people in one space. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen the same thing on, on my side, and it, it's really refreshing because being in the States, we typically have a somewhat of a smaller view of the hospitality industry in general, but, you know, I was on a, or in a room yesterday, and I was, I think, maybe one of two people from the United States. Everybody else was from a, literally across the entire world, and it was great to, to hear the interaction, hear especially related to COVID, how other people in other countries are dealing with the issues. Now, I would somewhat disagree with your point, Stuart, that there's no echo chamber because everything for me from a clubhouse perspective is very much hotel marketing related. And it doesn't seem that I'm exposed to any other groups. I've suggested, I've been suggested other groups and I've followed other groups, but I always keep getting back to this one small group of, you know, hotel marketers who I, I follow. And that may be because I only follow a smaller number of people. But have you guys noticed that it's, it's pretty much stuck in one, yeah, one well, interest I think, group? Yeah, I think you have to really um, tinker a little bit with the notification preferences. So, so there are levels of... Uh, the way that algorithm works, or at least it appears to from me, is the more you engage with someone, the more you share stage or follow you know, the rooms that someone is in, the more you're gonna get notified by them. But if you go into your profile settings, there's a couple of things you can do. One, you can control at a um, clubhouse level how many notifications you, you get. And the first thing you'll wanna do is slow that down because it is like unbelievable how many notifications you're gonna get if you don't do that. Um, but you can also now configure your notifications at both a club level and at an individual person level as well. So if there's certain people that you're just getting too many notifications about, you can dial that down. And if you wanna get exposed to newer people, go follow people with different interests outside of hospitality and turn up the notifications on those people as well. So yeah, it, and it that's does require a little do. I mean, there, there are some rooms out there where you know it's 10 people and like Pete said, you might run into the same few people and have similar conversations with them around one topic, but there's other rooms with hundreds of people uh, and most people were just listening. 
Whereas, you know, some of the hotel marketing ones or hospitality ones that we've been involved in recently, it's everybody's up on stage speaking and it's it's a big conversation. Yeah, but that kind of leads to the number two observation that I have, which is this very little noise on this platform yet. And, and, and what I mean by noise is because there's no comment stream, um, because because you are exposed, right? You're having to speak. It's you're not hiding, being able to hide behind a keyboard. I have yet to notice any trolls on this platform at all. There's no one in here just being a nuisance or creating problems. And it seems to me that the community on Clubhouse is very um, is it has kind of adopted its own rules of engagement. There's, there's a formality to a lot of rooms in terms of how people present themselves and speak. You know, you're seeing little things like people talking about resetting the room and people saying, I have done, I, I've finished speaking and my name is whatever and I've finished speaking. So there's a lot of kind of um, platform specific culture that is being developed. But at the same time, people are not tolerant of nonsense either. So. I've heard a couple of people say that it's been random people just come up on stage and start you know yelling or doing something that's inappropriate for the the stage that they're on and they immediately get blocked and, and kicked off and so well, I, I think, think that's, that's, the, that's the point to make is it's yeah. so easy to uh, eliminate the troll immediately if it happens now, yeah. I haven't experienced it either Stuart but I mean we all can kind of see that this this platform tend, it could lend itself to that um, but I haven't seen it so far, but it's also really easy to, to stop right away. Right. And that's the big difference between Clubhouse, Facebook, Twitter, a forum, or wherever else you are, is you'll notice if, if you're actually listening to us on Clubhouse now, which we have a, a good number of people we listening now, you'll see that Stuart, myself, and Melissa all have these little icons under, next to our name denoting that we're a moderator, which lets us bring people on stage, take people off the stage, or just mark someone as a troll and block them immediately. So unlike other platforms, there's a small group of people in each individual room who have control over that room. So you don't see topics getting completely out of whack unless the, the moderators actually want it to go in that direction. Yeah. Stuart likes to do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and look, now Phil is even a yeah, moderator. Yeah, I noticed. So. Well, it's because he was late. I was punishing yeah. him. I wouldn't let him be a moderator until he provided some value so now he but he's gonna be a troll i'm gonna block him <laughs> <laughs> but this this kind of leads into you know we talked about this sense of community and the fact that there's no, little to no noise no trolls things like that and and i think part of the reason is that this is a very intimate um platform and medium you know very similar in a lot of ways to podcasting and we we hear this all the time and i'm a i'm a big consumer of podcasts as well as we publish the fuel hotel marketing podcast but one of the things that's really apparent in podcasting is you really feel like the, for the podcast you listen to, you know the hosts, right? They they show their personality. It isn't it isn't like a formal broadcast where you don't really know the person behind the voice. You really do feel like you're deeply connected to to the people. And we hear this all the time when I go to shows and we're speaking at, at conferences and things. Every time, without fail, we'll have audience members come up and talk about how much they love the show and make references to our lives because they they picked up these little things. They feel like they've known us for years if they've been listening to the show for a long time. And and I think, you know, Clubhouse has that level of intimacy. When you have listened to the same speaker in multiple rooms, you really feel like you get to know them. But it takes it up to 11 on Clubhouse because not only 
are you feeling like there's a connection? But you can actually participate in that relationship because now you can actually have a two-way conversation with that person. So I really okay. like the kind of the intimacy that, that it produces. And I really am interested in, in evaluating the connect, connection between Clubhouse and podcasting because I think there's a lot of similarities there that we can explore, which is partly why we're doing this this room right now on Clubhouse and recording it live as a podcast is because I do think there's an overlap in terms of the emotional connection that both of those mediums. And I, I think I think another level of that, Stuart, is you have to sign up for this platform as yourself. You can't just be some anonymous egg like you can on Twitter. Um, and and I've actually had people who you know we've connected with on on Clubhouse then reach out to me on LinkedIn and it creates that. Uh, you know, a secondary professional relationship between between people who have spoken on this platform can carry over to others. Um, it, it's definitely probably one of the most intimate platforms that that are out there. Yeah, and it builds trust, right? We've had I've had three demos now of our products, and and for those listening, we we have a handful of software products for the hospitality industry, with booking engine, a CRM product, a mobile app product, and agency services, but. I've had connections that I would never have made in other, other, any other way. And if I had, it would have been a lot different um, of a relationship starting out. But I've had a really deep conversation on Clubhouse with someone and explored their, their specific challenges and created this trust bond with these people. And now they're very much more open to listening to the solutions that we provide. So um, I, I think if, if businesses approach Clubhouse with the right mentality, not come up, coming on here to sell, because I have seen that a little bit, but coming on here to genuinely create connections and, and, and valuable relationships, I, I think there's some business value to this platform that no other platform has. Well, and this is really interesting that you bring this up because what makes Clubhouse an intimate environment is that I'm not talking to fuel travel. I'm talking to Stuart. And it's going to be really interesting as these bigger brands get on how they adopt their strategies because everything about this platform is personal. And it's not, I'm not talking to a, a faceless company. They're going to have to have great brand advocates to, to say what's on their mind. But uh, one thing that they're not going to be able to do is have the, the PR firm just spouting out random press release type information. You better be an evangelist and you better be able to, to back up your point because you know, we're talking right now and there's a couple of people listening to us that at any point can raise their hand and call BS on you. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, a great point. And right now you can only sign up as an individual. They don't allow, it's against the policy to sign up as a brand. And you have to have your, your picture as your avatar. You can't have a logo as well. So. I think that, that it's a very deliberate strategy from the creators of Clubhouse to, to try to make this a personal um, kind of a, a medium as well. And, and I hope that they keep it that way. There's plenty of places where you can get your brand message out from a corporate perspective. This is a very unique platform that your people better be evangelists for, for the brand as well because that's who is doing the communicating here. All right, so, so these next ones, I think four, I, I rearranged these a little bit because I think these two are intertwined. So four, four and five on this list. And I want to understand, did you put this number five in here, Pete? Yes, I did. Okay. So four, four and five, I think they're intertwined, but the, we'll start with four, which 
talking about you've got to invest the amount of the appropriate amount of time in this to really understand the platform and it, it's very easy with clubhouse and i've heard a few people that have dipped in dipped their toe into clubhouse and said i don't really get it you know there's not really anything in it for me and then they they kind of dismiss it after a couple of days and i, and I think you've got to first the, the conversation we just had about tweaking your notifications so that you're getting notified the right cadence with the right type of content. So spending some time really tailoring your interests and the people you follow to stuff that is going to interest you and then spending time trying to find more people like that. Um, it's a really good discovery platform in that if you follow some people that are you know, thought leaders or contributing content, what you'll start to see is they, they, they gravitate towards other people that think similarly or, or, or even oppositionally, but they're equally um, mindful in their, their thought process. So you can discover new people and new information from new sources that you wouldn't in other platforms. But you've got you've to put the time in to get to start to see that value. Is that, is that in line with what you were thinking, Pete? Yeah, it, it, mine is more of a, be aware of that. Because yeah, there's been several times where we were in a room and the conversation was great and all of a sudden an hour and a half disappeared. So I, I see it as a, it's a great opportunity because it does lead to the intimacy. It does lead to better relationships with people around the globe. But it's going to be a problem, too, because there were several times where there was a room that I was in that I wanted to say something. But if I was on any type of I have a meeting in 30 minutes or 10 minutes, I'm just going to back out. So I'm not actually going to have any engagement whatsoever versus something like a Facebook or a Twitter where I can you know, post a comment and have a dialogue on my own timeline. In this case, you better be on when you're on Clubhouse. And I, I'm afraid that that could be a, a significant issue for the platform long term, more so when we come out of COVID and people are going back to work, they're back in offices, they're, they're moving around more. Right now it's perfect because I'm sitting here at my desk at home and I can have it listening on the background nonstop. Is yeah, that going to be I the case later? I think that's more of a, a con to the platform, in my opinion, because they're, like you said, Pete, I, I, have, I have to bail, I have to go to a meeting, or I have to go do something else right now, and I want to hear the rest of this conversation, and you just can't. No, you just walk away. Uh, yeah, it, it, that, I don't know that recording the conversations is going to happen here, but for some real meaningful conversations that we've been having, and, and I absolutely have to leave, it's, you know, it's a bit of a bummer that, that that's that's the case. I, I, I kind of wish it was more like a podcast where it was like, all right, I just I need to hit pause right now and then revisit it later. Yeah, I, I understand why it is the way it is. But I mean, honestly, that's the case with anybody trying to form a relationship with anybody else. You have to put the time in and you have to be there in quotes to get the most out of it. So. But I think that that's possibly a difference in what you're using Clubhouse for. So I'm in this place where during the day, yes, I'm trolling, for lack of a better word, all the hospitality things. But after 5.30, I'm probably, you know, checking out the dog moms group and listening to dog behavior uh, rooms instead. And that is much more likely to be able to jump in, jump out, and not feel like, oh, you know, I'm missing out on something. So I think it just depends on, you know, what your mind frame is at the time that you're on Clubhouse. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and 
I'll be honest, I like that. You know, I, I think that there's a purpose for podcasts, this, this kind of asynchronous consumption where it's on demand at my time. That's it's the way the lot, our world has turned, right, where you look at Netflix. Any media that we consume now, it, it's, it's controlled by us when we want it. And it, there's this serendipity and this beauty, this ethereal nature to this platform that I haven't seen in a while, right? Because it, it is more like radio in that you're turning it on and off at certain times, and you know that you're going to, you know, get something out of it every time you turn it on, on but you don't know what it is you're going to get out of it. And um, you don't know how long you're going to be stuck. So I do, I do agree with you, Pete, in that I think it's a limitation of how much time you can invest in it because you, I, I spent a couple of weekends ago, I literally spent, my, my kids were out, playing with friends and my wife was busy I spent practically the whole weekend on Clubhouse just meandering through and finding different rooms I ended up watching a soccer game while tuned into a room talking about the soccer game which was awesome it, it, it was problematic in that the timing wasn't quite right they were about 30 seconds ahead of me so I heard them all yell before <laughs> I saw the goal but it was really interesting I felt like a sense of community that's been missing in the world you know, because of COVID that, that I hadn't felt in a while. So I really do, I appreciate the beauty of it being there fleetingly and then, then gone. And, and that really has, you know, all social platforms that have been successful have done a really good job of tricking the brain into wanting more, right? This dopamine hit that you get from, from other social platforms is really here. Like the fact that I don't want to leave a, an interesting conversation because I might miss some nugget that's going to help me or, or just one more that room just finished let me tune into one more room just to see if there's something interesting well, I, I definitely think it has that that fear of missing out aspect and that's that's more of what i was pointing to it's like if i'm if i'm really engaged in a conversation and i absolutely have to leave it's like ah oh, man like I, I wish i could get more of that but again leaning back to the intimate nature of the platform you can easily follow the people that are speaking during that uh during that conversation that you want to follow um, contact them, you know, individually through other means, and and you know that's not that hard to do. You could continue the conversation at a later time if you need to. But yeah, yeah and somebody made a, made a comment on a, a room I was on earlier is it's a pub. You walk in, there's a conversation going on. You join the conversation, you interact with others, and you know when it's you've had your drink or two, and you either walk out the door and go to the next one, or yeah, you, know, you go home. But uh, it, it's a great unique concept and I, I really enjoy it my only concern is if you don't have the time to put into it you don't put in time into it and then it kind of gets pushed to the back burner so we'll have to kind of see where that that goes long term yeah and where people just, find the balance i just keep relating it to old-fashioned call-in radio shows like that's what it feels like to me you know you're listening to some people talk about you have no idea what it's going to be that day and maybe you're one of the lucky callers that gets to actually call in and, and give you two cents on the topic. Melissa from Myrtle Beach, you're on the air. Exactly. <laughs> What's on your mind? Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate's on your mind. Chocolate's, Chocolate's always on, on your mind. 24-7. Uh, all right. That's funny. Pete, you want to do the next one? Yeah, so the next one is the most important fact that you need to know about Clubhouse. <laughs> You better have a charger nearby because it will suck your battery down faster than I'll 
empty a glass of bourbon on a Friday podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm watching my battery uh, life right now, like, creep down, and because I've got my phone plugged into the mixer to record this, I I can't charge it right now, so it's like... Oh, you got to get the the charging pad. I I know, I'm going to have to get one of those. I always charge mine next to the bed at night. I went and grabbed it and and plugged it in down here because... It doesn't last long. I think we got about I, 35 more minutes by my reckon, <laughs> reckoning, so we need yeah, to yeah. plow. Uh, you know, the other thing I would say is I would really hope they come out. Obviously, it's only on iOS. It'd be great when they obviously come out with the Android version as well, but I'm looking forward to that desktop or browser version. That's going to be, yes. in my opinion, huge. Especially 100% as we go, agree with that, Pete. Well, especially as we go back to the office where I can have that on my uh, on my device, listen to it while I'm working, because right now, if I get a phone call, then I don't know what happens. I know I kind of drop out and people can't hear me and it gets weird. So yeah. I, I yeah. would like to have a way to to listen on different devices. Yeah, okay, that, ma- that makes sense. But I, I do think, you know, going back to the other conversation, there are people that are using this platform differently. Some people are passive observers, right? They're just listening to it in the background. and. One of the things that I've heard people say is they really like it because they don't have to attend to it. They can do their job and, and, and have that on in the background, just like they would a podcast, but it, it's more you know, real time. And if they get interested and want to contribute, they, they can choose to. Um, yes, and I want to I make a point to that. Uh, we were talking about norms on the platform earlier, like resetting the conversation. I, I don't particularly like that joining a room especially a smaller room you're you're almost forced to jump on stage when someone's like hey saw you just joined jump on stage i don't like that <laughs> aspect if someone just wants to be a listener let them be a listener if they want to raise their hand you still have a choice though up. phil I'll you can say no you, can you say could no. say no but then then come on you don't you feel put on the spot oh, people don't on. like being put on the spot you're and overthinking I, I, it man I'm, I'm not. I feel like I'm not the only one who feels that way. You're suffering from the spotlight effect there. Like, you think people are thinking about you way more than they are. The, the reason they're doing that is not because, oh, look, it's Phil, and I really appreciate no. his wisdom. No, 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 no. I'm just I, I kind hit of agree, though. But whenever I see, comes. Whenever I see Phil join a room, I leave, too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's as someone that's hosted a few rooms, I, I, depending on the topic and depending on how the conversation's going, you know, sometimes you need new pe- flesh, fresh blood to continue the conversation. So everyone that joins the audience, I'll invite. And, and I pay no attention whether or not they accept or not. So don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're being judged if you just say, no, I'm not, not ready to come on stage. It, I think it's fine. Um, but yeah, you, no. I, th- I'm more frustrated when I raise my hand and people won't bring me on stage. That's, that's what annoys me. So, <laughs> so we've done this one <laughs> so we've done this once or twice, and we have, I think we've just about cycled through everyone who joined in initially on Clubhouse, and we've got new listeners now. So let's go ahead and just do a quick reset. This is the live version of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. We are on episode 179 already, talking about Clubhouse on Clubhouse. But uh, in here in a little bit, we're going to take people on stage and do some Q&A with, uh, with Stuart, Phil, Melissa, and myself about anything hotel marketing or clubhouse related yeah thanks for that uh i think there should also be like a a, a ding like when you change pages or turn pages on a book <laughs> <laughs> i used to have a star wars one where it made r2d2 noises to turn the page yeah. that was my favorite or like a, after these messages we'll be right back <laughs> king of the jingles ever saturday morning cartoons no, saturday morning cartoons that's uh, saturday morning cartoons 
That's anyway. Good. All right. So let, let's talk about the, the kind of the fragility of this platform. And, and, and it's, I think it's a real concern. So there's, there's a couple of threats that, that it's facing, right? One, one is obviously the, the always existential for threat from the big guys, from, from folks like Facebook and Twitter, who are seeing their users reduce time on their platforms to invest time in th these platforms. And, and just like when Instagram started up, Facebook was like, mm, what do we do here? Do we, do we recreate this? Well, we'll try, but it didn't work. All right, let's just buy them. So there's always the threat that either Facebook, Twitter, another platform is gonna come up that's gonna take away the audience. Um, and, and if, if this, <laughs> this system's only gonna work as long as the audience is there, right? Because th we're, cr we're creating the content. And if people aren't contributing, if they're not creating content, there's no value in the platform and people aren't gonna come. So if, if Facebook and Twitter come up with alternatives and they splinter the, the community, that's gonna be problematic for the longevity of this. And then the second threat is obviously the monetization. They're not doing this because they love us and they wanna offer us free stuff forever. They're trying to build up an audience just like every social channel did to eventually monetize it by, by looking at consumer data and probably targeting ads in some way. And I've heard wild theories about how they're gonna plan to monetize this from you know, uh, interstitials and um, display ads to paid rooms and, and everything in between. So how- I'm telling you, they need to do commercials after these <laughs> messages will be right back. And I mean, there might be commercial breaks in, in clubs. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, you could easily do that. Uh, you know, if you have X number of people in a club, mm -hmm. it's very easy. One, you know what their interests are. You know who they're talking to, who they're relating with. So you can do some very targeted advertising. Yeah, where right now they're just they're building spot. the audience. They're building <laughs> the audiences to to monetize or or it would be a very similar to a Instagram situation where it's bought by one of these big guys who doesn't necessarily want to build this platform for their users because of its unique nature of everybody's, you know, their unique person, they have to sign up with their own phone number, that type of thing. You, you don't get that out of Facebook and Twitter, so I think they just buy something like this. At, at the end of the day, it, it was a free invite, which means that we are the product, and sure. we have to be okay with that. You know, if, if we enjoy this platform and we want it to continue, they're going to have to show a return at some point. The, and the easiest, that's the easiest way for them to do it, I think, would be um, advertising, like like you would see on something like Waze, like a takeover ad, where someone can save something for later or you know, just close it out. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more in favor of that, like visual ads versus audio ads. I think if you totally. add audio ads on this platform, it, it could become problematic well so. it, cut, it would cut into really good conversation you don't want that you don't want to stifle a conversation in the middle and then you come back and everyone just talks about the ad they just heard you don't want that so yeah. I, you know i see it as you understand people's interests um you can advertise based on that and i, I think everybody would like to keep this platform going obviously they need to make some money um i'm i'm not going to be too concerned with with some overlay ads exactly yep. all right so Except Let's, let's wrap this up and then we'll open it up to the audience um, for some Q&A in, in a second. And just as a reminder to those listening that we are recording this live, so we will need you to consent to being recorded if you're gonna come up on stage. It looks like someone just let me up on stage. We'll, we'll open up your mic in a second, um, but 
Before we do that, I just want to say, so for the people not listening on Clubhouse Live, for the people listening on our podcast feed, which if, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can get at fueltravel.com slash podcast. But for those listening today and they're not sure, they haven't used Clubhouse yet, what would you say to them? Would you say that the Clubhouse is worth the investment of time? Would you, you encourage people to try it out at this point, guys? I would. I would, I would say get an invitation try it out and invest a couple hours on the onset before you make a decision because I had a lot of preconceived notions going in. It's a stupid, I don't know why I'm wasting my time. And once you get into it and you're like, okay, I understand I'm thinking about this from a Facebook or Twitter or some other platforms perspective. That's not what this is. So, so give it a shot and don't be afraid to take your microphone, you know, go off mute and, Say what's on your mind. This platform only works if people are participants and not bystanders. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm really interested to see how people um, leverage this platform when conferences come back, you know, because I think it's a good supplement to, to encourage conversation about conferences while they're going on and, you know, after a session, having people jump on and discuss it or meetups and, and things like that. So, I really think if you're someone that likes to meet new people, likes to share ideas with other people, likes to make new business connections, or just likes to learn in general, then I think it's a platform that's worth investing your time in. And you'll you'll find every subject, but especially, I mean, it seems to be really um, prevalent in the hospitality space. There's people from every every single corner of the hospitality space on this platform willing to give free advice and to help people that need help with any problem. So if you're willing to put the effort in, you want to network with people, you want to learn stuff, and I think it's absolutely worth jumping on Clubhouse. And if, if you don't, if you're listening on the podcast, you don't have an invite, you want one, again, we've got a handful at Fuel. So if you want to email us, info at fueltravel.com, then uh, first come, first serve, send us your phone number and a little bit about yourself, and we will send you uh, an invite if we have them still available. So. Yeah, I was going to say, um, if if you do join Clubhouse, yes, I think you should. But join for you know both professional because we we already talked about there's you know great hospitality community. But join for join for some you know personal stuff too. So both personal and professional, see what you like using it for. It could be both, could be one, could be the other. I personally have enjoyed stopping my Facebook scrolling for hours and instead listening to real conversations. Yeah. As a time passer. There's a lot more connection to that. You know, it's a lot, feels a lot more like a real relationship than, than traditional social media. And I think that's something we all need a little bit more of right now, considering we, we've been separated from people for so long. So awesome. All right. Well, that, that kind of wraps up our conversation about it. What we're going to do now is open up the floor to anyone listening here on Clubhouse. If you have questions for us or comments on what we've talked about, if you have questions about hotel marketing in general, you just want to say you're a huge fan of Melissa on the podcast, but you think Pete, Phil, and Stuart are dumb. That's that's totally fair as well. So just we'll open up the audience and have some Q&A time. So, uh, Marat, you're up. Tell us a little about yourself and if you have a comment or a question. Yes, thank you, Stuart. So I'm Marat, uh, Director of Marketing Communications at the Badwoods Palace in St. Moritz, Switzerland. have a couple of comments slash questions. Awesome. So, so before you jump in, Marat, is it okay that we record this and publish this? Uh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. thanks. Go ahead. So my question is, uh, so as you rightly said, we're spending, so I've been on Clubhouse for exactly two weeks now. Uh, the first week I was mostly, you know, just trying to understand how it works. 
And over the past week, I've been quite active. So, for instance, today I had a day off, and I mostly spent it on Clubhouse. And, um, it's, and I don't see it as a waste of time, because I actually, like, I... I joined into conversations that are very much related to what I do. It's either marketing or hotels or travel. And I'm actually in rooms also with people who I even know personally or are colleagues in the hotel industry. So it's very different than other um, other social networks. I have to tell you, I had my day off today and I mostly spent it just scrolling Instagram. I would feel a bit like, oh my God, I wasted the whole day, right? Uh, but here I really felt that the conversations that are missing right now with all the social distancing, remote work, and so on and so forth. So I miss these conversations. I'm having them on Clubhouse, and I'm talking about interesting things. So the, I don't really see like a competition between the networks. Of course, then I'm not on Instagram anymore. I'm not like on Facebook. Well, Facebook I haven't been in ages. Uh, I would not scroll lazily like TikTok videos. So of course, I'm spending much less time, you know, uh, on, on other social networks. Yeah, but don't exactly. you think? Or I say it definitely fills a void, and I hate to say it, but it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't. Now more than ever, it fills that void of being able to actually talk to another person. And you know, from our perspective, being able to talk to someone in Switzerland right now and exchange ideas, it really does shrink the world a lot. And I think now more than ever, that's a good thing. All right, that's two drinks, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. We're playing Pete Bingo with the now more than ever's, but yeah, I think great, well, it, it's, great it's point. pretty. It's pretty late over in Switzerland. I want to, you know, make sure you're having plenty to drink. <laughs> well, it's, it's almost 9 p.m. So my question is, don't you actually think that people nowadays do differentiate between the, the social networks? And you don't want to necessarily be connected to the same people on each network. Yeah, absolutely. I think each one has its own pur purpose. I think you, if you look at the the community that you curate on each platform, they're going to be very different. And, and, you know, whether that's, you know, um, you know, you can even look at on the business side, you've got LinkedIn, which is very much focused on, on business versus the family. And, and so I agree with you 100% when you say that Clubhouse is filling, filling a void that I don't think we knew really existed. And, and that is that a lot of social networks, even though they're called social networks, there's not a lot of social connection in, in an intimate way like we talked about earlier. You don't really feel like, especially if it's not someone you know in, in real life, you don't really feel like you get to know them other than you know, a, a stylized version of themselves. Right? If you, you know people are, are posing for this Instagram photo and it might look picture perfect, but you know that they, they were probably screaming at their kid 10 seconds before to, to stand up straight or whatever it is. It's, it's not reality. Whereas this, this, there is no filter on Clubhouse. You get what you get. People are raw. They're, they're, they come in with their authentic self and you get to see who they really are. And I, I think that's why we were talking earlier about it, feeling intimate and feeling like you have deeper connections, like there's more trust between the connections you make on this platform. So I think you're exactly right. Absolutely. And it's interesting. You said that you get to see as they are. We, we don't actually see, and it's the only social network which is, which doesn't depend on, right, on images and videos. Yeah. So it's the only network where we don't actually see, but we do feel that we actually do see them and we feel closer. So there's, there's no fake it till you make it as on like an Instagram. Right. And, and there's, no, there's no need to polish yourself, right? Because I feel like if it was a visual format, like a YouTube or something, 
you would feel like you'd need the right makeup and the right lighting and, and you know, you'd want to present yourself in a perfect way. But people, especially because they can't hear themselves on this platform, you, there's, there's this kind of um, line of protection even though you're actually being as authentic as you can, you don't feel as vulnerable on this platform as you do on other platforms. So, I think and that, the fact it's not recorded as well. There's no, there's no, um, I don't know. There's no uh, later on people coming back and ridiculing you for something or turning you into a meme or the risk of you saying something stupid is a lot lower on this platform as well. Sorry, go well, ahead. You can say something stupid, but nobody, n nobody's going to remember it because it's not recorded, and right. nobody can go revisit it and then use it against you later, like we see on every other social platform that's out there. Yeah, exactly. So just to reset the room, um, this is the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. We are recording this live. We've been talking the last hour or so about Clubhouse. Um, we're going to be publishing this as episode 179 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, but. Now's your opportunity if you're on uh, in the audience right now, if you have a question about marketing, you have a comment for us, Fueligans, then please raise your hand and come up. Just know that we are recording, and so you will need to give us permission to use this in a future episode. I, as I just said, you know, no one's recording it, and you can say whatever you want. We talk about how we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly true. No yeah. audience members are raising their hand. Feel free to as, as we continue the conversation. But... Guys, are you going to be, um, do you feel like you're going to be continuing to invest time in this platform? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, sure. I agree with uh, Marette, too. Like, if I get a day off, I'm probably going to waste a lot of my, well, not waste, but invest a lot of my day into this platform. So I did last weekend, and, and I plan to do it again next time I get a chance. Anna, welcome to the stage. Um, if you don't mind, First, tell us you're okay with us recording you, but then tell us a little bit about yourself and if you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear it. Hello, everyone. Good evening, good day, good morning, <laughs> because I know that there are lots of people here. Uh, yeah, sure, you can record my voice. It's not a problem. Just I would say that maybe my English is not that good enough. It's better uh, than but anyway. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to, ah, okay, to introduce myself, like in two words. Uh, uh, I am uh, working uh, and studying in Warsaw, but originally I'm Armenian from Ukraine. So yeah, now I'm on vacation finally, and um, I have a lot of time on um, to spend on Clubhouse because I really like that platform. It really reminds me a little bit of radio. Um, so I really like that here I meet absolutely very interesting people in different chats. You know, when you go and you see that, wow, people are really amazing. So I can be part of that. And uh, yeah, also about post, uh, about podcasts and everything. In the clubhouse, I would like to say that uh, it's also nice because you can make a first impression. Actually, as Mira told, uh, by your voice, by your speaking, by your ideas, and um, it really reminds me somehow your CV, for example, when you put all your information only about you without using your photos or videos or another channel. So. I really like the idea of Clubhouse, and thank you very much for uh, adding me on this stage. It's really nice to speak with you here. Thank you, Anna. We appreciate you being here and 
Thank you for, for being a part of this room. And, and this is what we were talking about earlier. We, we're getting to meet fo folks from all over the world with different interests, different passions, people that we wouldn't come into contact with otherwise. So we're glad you're here, Anna, and thank you for the contribution. Um, Russell, you are up next, my friend. We, we've had a couple of uh, rooms that we've been on together. I recognize your face, but if you don't mind telling us th that you're okay with us recording you, and then tell us what's on your mind. Are you Stuart? Of course, you can record all you want. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, I'm Russell. I'm uh, in Los Angeles. Um, I'm a, uh, what am I? Uh, I wear a lot of different hats within the hospitality space, but I'm no longer on property. Former director of sales and marketing, former general manager, uh, and now 100% just consultant, pretty much in the, in the hop, in the, uh, I'm sorry, social media space, but I do hotel site selection too for some companies and, and some other things, but mostly in the, on the marketing part. But what I just wanted to add was just, I mean, I, Clubhouse has been great. I mean, it's, uh, it's somewhat addicting, I, I must say, but it's addicting in the right way because there's a lot of like-minded people, uh, at least in the, I'm, I'm just going to speak, speak from the hospitality space. When I mean like-minded, I mean, we all, you know, we all speak, whatever, marketing, uh, uh, revenue management or whatever, but maybe in a different way because they come from a different place. But um, just like we have revenue management here in the States, you know, they have it in the UK. So to hear other people talk about the same thing that we're dealing with uh, is just, to me, it's just, it just, it just bridges that gap between um, people, you know what I mean? People within the industry, because you don't really think about those things. They are, do they have the same issues with COVID that we do? Well, yeah, because I was on a call earlier, and people in the UK, they're, uh, I think, uh, specifically Scotland. Um, I mean, they're not getting, they're not getting, um, uh, I guess, enough conversation from the government to tell them what's going on. I mean, here in the states, you know, for the most part, we, you know, here in Los Angeles, we've reopened, and you know, people are starting to, you know, travel a little bit and things like that. But in Scotland, they're not even at that point yet. So, I mean, you can you can tell this frustration there. The same frustration that we had maybe months ago, you know, they're still having it. So it's just kind of bridged that gap uh, for me. And I, I've made so many contacts in the last three weeks. I've been on Clubhouse for about three weeks now. So I've made so many contacts. And it trans transfers from this platform over to LinkedIn to Instagram. So I've grown my followers on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram because of of, of of Clubhouse, and I would not have been able to do that before. I mean, I, I'm talking like two to three hundred yeah. people. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's and been then good. deep connections too. I think that's one of the things I've really appreciated is it, it's not just followers, right? It's not just empty numbers of exactly of people. It's it's deep connections, relationships. Like you and I have spoken three or four times on this platform. Exactly. I feel like I know you, and and I could. Someone asked me, "Hey, you know Russell?" I say, "Yeah, I know this and this about Russell." So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's a there's a uniqueness to this platform in that you you build the bonds of trust in a, a lot more accelerated manner than any other platform that I've ever seen. Question: So, Russell, did you find did you find us on Clubhouse? Did you meet Stuart on Clubhouse, or were you a podcast listener prior? No, I I found him on uh, Clubhouse with um, Lauren. They have a show yeah. that's um, is it every day? I think five yeah, days. Monday through Thursdays at noon exactly. Eastern. Yeah. Exactly. So I got on maybe Monday and then I was invited up on the stage a couple of times and, and we just kind of developed this thing. And, and every time I see him, in, in, in fact, I put the bail on Stuart and Lauren. So anytime they um, 
ho or hosting a clubhouse, I, I get a notification. So that's why I knew about this one just now. Gotcha. So, so, Russ, I have a question for you. Uh, you said you were in social media and marketing from a hotel perspective. Mm -hmm. Where do you see Clubhouse going in terms of property to guest communications? Well, first of all, more hospitality people need to be on Clubhouse, and they need to be, need to be more on social media, period. Um, um, where do I see that going? Like I said, first of all, we need to make sure, we need to communicate that that's that's what we're doing. Uh, we're using these platforms to do certain things. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know if that even answered the question. But my thing is with, and, and, and I'm going back to my experience as a, a, hotel, uh, a former director of Southern Marketing, which I've been removed from that for about four years now. Um, I was one of the first to kind of embrace the whole social media thing. I and mean, I'm talking going back 10 years ago, right? But um, it's, it's funny how now that I try to, uh, you know, appeal to a lot of director sales and marketing now, and they're, you know, I've been there before, so I know what, the, the, uh, what they're missing because I, I can look from a top view and see exactly what I was missing as a director of sales. And what, what that is is social media. And it's kind of come full circle now to where we are now because we need to be doing more in social media because we can't, you know, as far as advertising or just putting things out there, just promoting whatever you're doing, you need to put that stuff out there. And you talk about creating, somebody, I think it was Melissa, talk about creating FOMO. Um, that's what we need to do more of, especially right now, and that's not happening. So we need to make sure we're embracing these types of platforms, not just for us, but, you know, I don't know how we would give that, get our guests to do that as well. But maybe this is an opportunity for us to talk to people that maybe not maybe are not our guests at this point, yeah. you know, on and use this platform to do that. So yeah, I, I would say this is a great opportunity. And I, I know I it went a roundabout sort of way to get there, but <laughs> I think this is a great opportunity to 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 put this out or start promoting our brand through Clubhouse or however we need to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a new platform. But it always makes I always feel back to thinking of Hilton Helps and how you know that from a Twitter perspective did a really good job of you know getting actionable data and actually helping guests. You know, I could see if it was you know Russell from LA and I have a I'm visiting next week. It would be great to have either a hotelier or someone from that destination say, like you just said, from a, from a COVID and transportation perspective, I have all these random questions. It would, it would be great to be able to tune in and listen to, you know, someone from that market having a conversation or doing a and a about staying at a property or Pete, a destination. I think, yeah. I think you nailed it. it from a, from a uh, area marketing perspective, it would be much more useful than trying to have, um, uh, hotelier push their hotel on yeah. everyone trying to travel to the area. I think I, you know, opening it up to, to somebody who just, you know, like you mentioned, I'm traveling to LA next week. I need to know what's going on there. You know, maybe where I should stay, but what, what also, what should I do? Who can I talk to? Well, here's this area expert on LA. So, you know, I'm from LA, ask me anything, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that, and keep yeah, in mind that the audience is still fairly small, but the, the folks that are on here, it's very heavy on the content creator side. So I think, I think 
one of the ways you can leverage Clubhouse immediately to reach your audience is through the influencers that are already on you. There's a lot of travel bloggers and people like that that you can connect with and hear their interesting stories and build a relationship with and ultimately leverage their audience to, to encourage them or to expose them to your brand and, and get them to come to your what, what do you? I'll let you jump in, Marietta Swift. I know you had a, had a comment. Yeah, so uh, speaking about um, destination marketing, I don't know if you're following uh, My Switzerland on social media. So My Switzerland is the Switzerland Twitter board. They're very, very active, and they're also here on Clubhouse. Oh, cool. The CEO is also on here, and pretty much everyone from uh, Swiss Tourist Board is on Clubhouse. And the way they are doing it is actually yeah, the, um, promoting destinations, but it's still B2B. And I think if a social network, if it doesn't work as B2C, can always work as B2B or can target business travelers. So I, uh, yeah, every, yeah. every network has its niche. I, I personally see Clubhouse a little bit, at the moment at least, it's like LinkedIn with live conversations. Yeah. And LinkedIn also is a, is a marketing tool, but it's not necessarily B2C. Yeah. Or if we talk about travelers, then we talk about event planners, right? Uh, so, yeah, it, it does have a niche, and that's how I see, I personally see uh, Clubhouse evolving. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Um, so just to reset the room, this is we're recording this live. This is episode 179 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. If you just joined us on Clubhouse and you have a comment or a question for us about hotel marketing, about Clubhouse, about the Fuel Podcast... Um, anything at all, raise your hand and you can come up on stage and share your thoughts. We're going to be answering questions for probably about another 10, 15 minutes. So if you want to raise your hand and jump on stage, you're welcome to, even if it is just to tell us that you're a fan of Melissa Kavanaugh and her always be testing philosophy because we know there are fans out there. Of that. I want to jump in on the B2C comment. I've thought long and hard over the past two weeks of jumping in and out of rooms and how really hoteliers could possibly use this. And I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm on the struggle bus on the B2C uh, thing, but it would be labor intensive. However, people from the hotel, not branded as the hotel because you can't be branded as the hotel, you have to be yourself. But if you really know your niche market, so if you are a pet friendly hotel, or maybe you are a hotel with a vegan restaurant, or you are a hotel that caters to singles or young people or something like that, you can find travel rooms that cater to those type of people and you can have a conversation that way. But that would be, again, it's very labor intensive and it, that is truly a one-to-one -one conversation. And you don't want to be pushy as a, as a hotel right. trying to do that. You, you're, you I mean, as like a helper, right. you know. Exactly, exactly. You have to use that, you know, the Jay Bear's utility, uh, where where your goal is to help somebody, and and give them the best experience possible, whether it be at your hotel or not at your hotel, just visiting your area, just just be helpful, answering questions. That I think that's where B two C can go, and if you do it the right way. You don't seem like a, a pushy salesperson. You seem like some you know, you you actually are being someone who's truly helpful. Yeah, I, I I think you hit that right on the on the nail right there, Phil. Because just some just some information I've shared over the last couple of times it has to do with sales or what whatever where the topic was. I've been getting notifications on LinkedIn 
about, you know, what, what do I do? Or I'm in Los Angeles, you know, how can you help me with this? Or how can you help me with that? And it, it had nothing to do with, I mean, I wasn't a facilitator or anything in this particular room. I just asked a question or, or made a comment or added to a discussion. And that prompted at least two to three people in the last week to ask me questions offline, and, and which, 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 which was great, because that just told me that, you know, people do listen to some of the things I said, and, they had some, and I had some value <laughs> to add, at least at that point. But yeah, I think, that was, I think that's great. I think that's one way to, to get things across. Cool. Thanks, Russell. Sarah, welcome to the stage. If you don't mind, we are recording this, so if you don't mind telling us that you're okay with us publishing anything you say, but welcome to the stage, and, and what's on your mind? Uh, thanks for inviting me up, and yes, that's okay, and thanks for disclosing. Um, I think I just wanted to chime in on the B2B versus B2C conversation. I think as a consumer of the rooms and just being an active participant, one of my favorite things about this uh, app is just the genuine nature and not folks not selling from the stage, really just getting value and giving, being generous. Um, with information and inspiration and support for others. So no matter what room you're in, I think that's what the best of the best of this app is, is just the gener generosity and um, openness that people provide. So I'm using it mostly for networking and connecting. I'm open to other ways to use it, but I think that's kind of the secret sauce from my perspective. Yeah, and I've really. seen you how you do that too, Sarah, but I, I've been in a couple of the rooms that you hosted and, and the one I was in, I think it was yesterday, where you, you know you were having people share their ideas and their ways that they did stuff, so it's it's it was really win-win. Not only were you hosting this to encourage that that conversation, but you were learning and sharing with others your your thoughts and ideas on the topic as well. So that's really to me why hoteliers should be on this platform right now. Is you we are all in this world where we don't know what the future holds. We're all relearning our craft, and and we know that what we did a year ago doesn't necessarily work the same way, and so turning to others in, in, as a community and saying, how are you navigating these challenges? Here's how I'm doing it. it it's a great value to everyone. It's really going to help our industry get back on its feet faster. So thank you for doing that, Sarah. I've, I've noticed you doing that already. No problem. And um, thanks for hosting the room. Hey, also, I thought, and I thought your mic go on and off. Anything you want to chime in with? Okay, no problem. Can you repeat? I think I didn't hear a question. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I saw your microphone uh, click on and off a few times. I didn't want to make sure if you had something so you could share. Uh, no, I just wanted to say that uh, I absolutely agree with everyone who was speaking here before because Clubhouse is a really great platform to uh, for networking, you know, and uh, sharing ideas between each other. And I think, yeah, it's very good for B2B. Um, and uh, as well, you can uh, see that uh, people really have almost the same problems and opportunities, you know, to solve problems, to like what they're stacking. So I think you feel more safe like this, uh, knowing that people are here and they can help you and also you can help them so it's like win-win yeah excellent point great well, we are going to start wrapping up this show and so we'll do the, the traditional outro but thank you so much everyone that joined us on stage today this this won't be the last time we do this so for Marette 
for Anna, for Russ, Russell, and for Sarah. Thank you for joining. And as always, thank you for my, my co-hosts. Pete, if they want to find you, where can they do that? The best place is obviously on Clubhouse, where they can find me at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Melissa, where can they find you? You can find me here on Clubhouse or on LinkedIn at Melissa Cavanaugh, and that's K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Phil. Um, yeah, you can find me on Clubhouse also or LinkedIn at Phil Fariska. It's F-O-R-I-S-K-A. You can find me at Stuart Butler on, on any social platform, including LinkedIn and in Clubhouse. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. The notes to today's show are at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 179. If you are listening on Clubhouse right now and you don't know what the podcast is, just hop on over to fueltravel.com slash podcast or you can go over to wherever you listen to podcasts and just type in hotel marketing and you will find us. The Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast usually ranked number one on every system. So thank you everyone for tuning in today, both live and on the podcast. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. You forgot the two-time award-winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Oh, man. I can add that as the, as the secret ending. That's true. <laughs>